0: Hello and welcome to the next episode of Learn, Adapt, Thrive, a six-part series of podcasts brought to you by Ulster Bank. I'm your host, Susan Keough, and throughout this series, I'll be speaking with local entrepreneurs and business owners to learn more about the many ways that startups and established businesses from right across Ireland are adapting in these very unique times. We're going to be hearing about how these companies came to be, we'll be gaining some insight into their growth and how they continue to innovate and to adapt in today. World. So, wherever you get your podcasts from, remember to keep an eye out for new episodes and do subscribe to stay up to date. Today I'm joined by Joe Queenan, Managing Director of Foxford Woollen Mills. Joe, you're very welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being with us.
1: Thanks, Susan. It's great to be here.
0: Well, if there's one thing we as a nation feel like doing right now, it has to be said, is uh, snuggling up on the sofa for a duvet day. So it is fitting uh, that we are talking to a business that specialises in making beautiful, warm blankets and clothing. Foxford Woollen Mills weaves a tale of almost 130 years in the making and has been creating a little bit of luxury in County Mayo for over a century the brand is synonymous with expert craftsmanship and luxury design and while much has changed from the old days in terms of the process the heart and soul of the business remains the same today foxford woolen mills has become a lifestyle brand and offers tours of its historic showroom and has even extended the foxford experience to an artisan cafe enjoyed by visitors from right across ireland Joe, before we get down to business, I suppose, tell us, as I've been asking all of our guests on the podcast, how have you been managing uh, lockdown, the second one? I know for lots of people, you know, the first one was probably easier to take. It's a little bit harder second time around, or would you agree?
1: Yeah, it's a bit surreal, Susan. Um, We thought we were out of the woods, but back in again. But saying that, uh, it's given us time to review our reopening and how we got on and and how business went and uh, how we did things. And uh, it's, it's a reset button and it's not all bad. Um, things pop up that we could have done differently and we can improve on uh, time again to strategize and, and, and get new ideas. So it's not all bad.
0: So are you still going into work then, Joe? Or uh, I know lots of people have obviously been working from the kitchen table. People have had to convert rooms, you know, to, into a little home office. But how, how are you managing kind of the logistics of it all?
1: I'm lucky. I only live um, 10 minutes from from the mill. So I, I work I function better in in the mill. Um, there's a, it's a big space. We can have social distance. And, and operate safely. So, I'm mainly based in the mill now.
0: Now, we know the Foxford journey began back in 1892. We're not going to go uh, that far back today because we just wouldn't have the time, but we will go to 1987, uh, which is still a journey, and it's when you first became involved with the business. Tell us a little bit about how that came to be. How did you come across Foxford to begin with?
1: Foxford, as you said, was goes back to 1892, but it was owned by the Sisters of Charity, and and they ran the business successfully right through the ages up until nineteen eighty, the late eighties. That time recession in the, was, was was rife and stalked the land, and a lot of textile and traditional industries were moving out of out of out of Ireland, even out of Europe to the Far East. And Foxford was was no no the Foxford product was no different. It it, it depended on the blanket trade and throw trade for years, and uh, with the advent of the duvet, um, and the higher cost base we had here, a lot of its sales were disappearing. So um, the sisters decided that their job was no, was no longer relevant in Foxford. That had they'd done their nearly 90 odd years of providing employment and they called in the receivers. I worked for the receiver, Rory Quinn, and uh, I was sort of put in as his guy on the ground. And our brief was to find a buyer at all costs because employment and protect the existing employment of 80 people was, was paramount. Um, nobody seemed to wanted the, the business. They all came, a lot of people came and looked. But when they saw the condition of the building and um, the, the the cost associated with running a textile mill in the west of Ireland, uh, they weren't too um, fast at, 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 at opening their, their checkbook. Towards the end of, of the process, which was about 12 months, um, it, it it came clear that the only offer we had on the table was from an Indian industrialist who wanted to strip the assets and take them back to India. I was 27 years of age and... and um, Thought it'd be a shame if 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 such a heritage and story was to be no more in Foxford. Uh, I got to know a few people through the receivership. gave them a ring, um, circulated a business pan, and 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 uh, everyone that I approached, five of them, um, all said yes. It was really strange, and uh, we put in an offer and that's how i got involved in foxford
0: but you come very much from from a from a money from a figure background it wasn't like textiles was anything you really particularly knew about was it
1: no um i qualified as an accountant in london came back to ireland i always wanted to live and work in ireland particularly in mayo um but i hated accountancy uh, it it was a boring profession and i loved the cut and thrust of what, how i of, of the year i spent in foxford during the receivership and I fell in love with business and I fell in love with Foxter, I suppose. Um and I wanted to get out of accountancy. As I said, it's 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 not you're looking back too much. It's 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 quite boring.
0: So the star is sort of aligned. And um, so first and foremost, then at that point, Joe, obviously protecting those jobs that you mentioned and the livelihoods for that area was was the priority first and foremost. But at that point, how were you looking at the long term plan for the company, or what sort of vision did you have for this sort of unique business? I guess
1: it was, Susan. But I, I didn't have any long term vision at the time. All I, all I wanted was to for, to survive at all costs. Uh, and not to be associated with uh, with the second failure of foxford um we made some it was firefighting um we we were we were undercapitalized um the banks really didn't want to know about textiles they'd lost money over the last 10 15 years lost a lot of money and they didn't want to lose any more so we struggled for the first four or five years very much um we were lucky in the sense that we we did make use of the business expansion scheme at the time and uh, that really ensured our 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 survival together with uh, Enterprise Ireland, who are very very supportive as well and without either the BS and the combined support of Enterprise Ireland I don't I don't think we'd be here today.
0: Now your products um, Joe you know a lot of people will associate Foxford with the throws as you mentioned I suppose you know one of the original uh, sort of products I know I got a, a beautiful throw actually as a wedding present like over 10 years ago and it's still one of my favorite things that I have in the house but from looking through your Instagram and, and your website you've so many other products now you've really have diversified the range and it's become sort of this luxury kind of brand, but it still has all that rich cultural heritage as well. Um, Tell us a little bit about the design process, how you've managed to stay on top of, I guess, something that changes all of the time. And, you know, there is a lot of design. There's a lot of homeware brands out there, but you've managed to keep ahead of the trends.
1: Um, Our chief designer is a lady called Helen McElinden. And and Helen um, does two collections every year. And how she keeps on top of it, I suppose, is 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 watching trends, uh, looking at market leaders. What are they doing? Uh, market research, doing market research from desktop, which you can do now. We used to do it from traveling around the world, looking at different department stores and different trade shows. Now we do that from 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 the computer. You look at what the forecasting people in 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 homewares are saying, and also you look at cultural trends, be it music, be it, be it be it cinema. What comes out of that? Like for example, you'll we'll see with the next edition of the crown, it covers it covers Prince's die. You'll see all the eighties clothing coming back into fashion again. So it's it's a combination of a lot of different things.
0: So that kind of collaboration with with a designer of uh, Helen McAlinden's kind of caliber, who she's very you know very very well known and renowned, that helps you. It kind of gives you all of that information and intel, I guess that, that that's needed to strive and to move forward.
1: Yeah, Helen has a very clear vision of what Foxford should be, and it is totally in in line with mine. Uh, She she loves textiles. She loves homewares. Um, I think sleep is such an important aspect of people's lives, and to be able to make and design products that give people a high-quality sleep, and rest uh, 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 never mind the money making aspect of it there's a great job satisfaction as well
0: yeah sleep i think and also coziness have become you know such a such a big part of everyone's life particularly this year and let's talk a little bit about the impact of the lockdown and the pandemic pandemic um on foxford because obviously it's impacted different businesses in different ways but i suppose what's been the biggest sort of change or knock-on effect for you guys
1: it, it's one more digital susan um 16th of march everything came to a shudder and stop the middle stopped the 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 retail stopped and 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 our food business stopped but then the the the, the online lit up and it, it that's that's like a beacon in the sky now it's that's where the future is uh, 50% of our sales i see in the next year will be on will be digital uh, both b2b uh, and b2c because we've also a wholesale business where we supply um, customers around the world. We just have to build in a virtual showroom that will become a little, a little media production unit uh, where we do virtual trade shows. And, and that t- together with the with, uh, business to consumer website is, is where we see a big part of our future.
0: And was that e-commerce business there, Joe, before uh, COVID or did you really sort of ramp it up once everything happened in March?
1: No, we we've been doing spending money and in investing in 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 e commerce since the last four four or five years. We've lost money every year that we've been involved in that. We've spent a lot of money in in developing the site, and it was it was fr- frustrating that there was no fast return. And um, but as soon as as soon as a uh, lockdown happened, uh, all that uh, restrictions were taken away, and it it really paid paid back. Uh, dividends right from 17th of March onwards.
0: And I suppose your product, you know, a lot of people might think it is something that you do love to touch and feel and, you know, maybe see it set up. But as you say, there's ways now we've all gotten used to different ways of doing things. So even the way we're doing this podcast today, even the way you hold probably a lot of your meetings with your staff, like everything has changed. So suddenly people have gotten used to going online and, and having a really good look at a product that maybe in the past they would have liked to actually physically feel before they would have purchased it.
1: Indeed. indeed, We used to spend fortunes going around the world doing trade fairs. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it's people have hit a switch in their minds and that now they're quite happy to, to... It's all about good photography. They're getting that image right across. And once they see good photography, they, they seem to get over the fact that they can't touch it. And you can also always send out swatches, uh, small square swatches, uh, three three inches square, uh, and, and, and good visuals online. That'll get a, a buyer... Uh, to make a decision without having to actually feel the whole whole product.
0: And would you be worried at all, Joe, that, you know, post-pandemic, when we get out of this, hopefully there will be a vaccine next year? Do you think that everything will go online or do you think there's always a place for sort of bricks and mortar and a place where people can go and have an experience, uh, you know, and kind of immerse themselves in the culture and the heritage that is involved in a brand like Foxford?
1: Oh, for sure. There's, there's, there will always be a place for people to come to the mill uh bricks and mortar needs to have an experience uh, for people to come to uh the high streets are going to struggle they'll have to reinvent themselves but i will be quite confident that that the the the, the mill will reinforce the digital experience the, the digital uh growth in that people will come will see the 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 the, the fabrics been woven We'll, we'll see the food being prepared uh, and we'll see the, the the retail experience they have and then go away and be happy to go online. It's all about experience now. And as I said, bricks and mortar on the high street and, and shopping centers will, will have to reinvent themselves uh, in the next couple of months
0: yeah absolutely and i think probably what you know in in terms of businesses maybe who didn't have that online uh, presence before this happened in march i guess you know people had to pull down their shutters and didn't have an alternative another way of getting their products to people for them it must have been particularly hard not to have that other avenue would you say to those people it's never too late that that this will benefit you i know it's hard sometimes to spend money if you're not seeing the return straight away but it sort of pays off in the long run or at least that's been your experience
1: oh it's never too late no and, and enterprise ireland have have, have have schemes and grant schemes to help retailers that aren't that's not a part of their client base uh, to, to invest and then develop a website. No, it's never late. It's as, as long as, as, long as the customers out there are looking for product and as long as you can survive long enough to develop a website, by all means, go for it.
0: In terms then of um, exporting, Joe, your product strikes me as something that people right around the world, I'm sure, have fallen in love with. Do you export an awful lot of your, your throws and your your bed linen?
1: Yeah, we do. Um, particularly our woven products, the, the, the throws and, and w- w- scarves and blankets, they, they go as far as Japan, to, to the States, to Europe, to the UK, okay, no, we have a a growing export market, which is very encouraging. And people want to buy European production. They want to buy heritage. I think they're getting away a bit from the far east of the multi, of, of the mass produced stuff that hasn't got a character, that hasn't got heritage and people now want to see european production more and more
0: and then with regards to 2020 joe if if march hadn't happened if covid hadn't come to our shores are there things that you would have liked to have ch- achieved this year that maybe you've had to push back to next year or what are the kind of you know when you look back now in 10 years on 2020 what'll be the big thing that you'll you'll think of do you reckon
1: again the, the one word digital it'll 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 have, it'll have cat- catapulted uh, five years ahead than we were uh before before lockdown um what what it will have done in, in the short term will have slowed down product new new product new product development um but we're getting over that now through zoom and 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 um using dhl to courier back the samples much faster um no it's it's in the long term i think fox will come out of it a stronger company maybe a bit of a bloody nose initially but I, i'd be quite happy that that uh what the trends are emerging, we can develop and, and 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 cope with.
0: In retail and in your industry, Joe, how important is um, sort of October, November, December, that Christmas trading period? Kind of try and explain for people who aren't in business, is that a really vital time? Can, can that make or break a business?
1: Well, they'll tell your retailers to get um, anything up to 40% of their turnover for Christmas. So... Uh, obviously, that's a huge, huge part of your of your, of your cost base that has to be co- recovered in, in that short time. So the traditional retailer will be really under pressure to, um, to make their targets and, and leave themselves in a position to, to deal with the quiet months of January, February and March next year. So it is big pressure time.
0: Are you hopeful, though, about this month for yourselves and next month? People fill in those Christmas stockings and, you know, it is, I guess it is a product that would be very popular around Christmas time. It's a lovely present, uh, something from Foxford. Uh,
1: yes, um, we're our budget last year was to be 5% up in retail. This is pre, pre, pre-COVID. Um, this year, we're 14% up on budget. That's combining the 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 uh, online business with it if we excluded the online we'd be 19% down so we're in a, thankfully, we're in a very strong position at the moment looking forward to the next two months.
0: Which is a good place to be. Um, in terms then of your business journey, um, Joe, uh, like, what's it like when you go into the mill? You say you work better in the mill. Set the scene for us a little bit. I know it might be quieter, I guess, at the minute, but, but, but what's the feeling like when you go in there to do a day's work?
1: What, what attracted me first back in 87 was it it has, it has this presence. I don't know what it is. It's a very unique building in the, in the point of view with steel, it's it's galvanized. It's 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 timber. It's a big it's a big massive shed. It's not <laughs> it's not uh, and it has it has that sense though of history that's in it and that's what attracted me right from the start. So I think that's why I need to go back into it. It just you just feel this energy and and most people that come into the place feel, and that's why I think our sell through and that's why there is this feel good factor towards the brand. There's a sense of well being and and the sense of 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 of. Don't know what the word is of longevity. If that's the word about about the production, so I, I feel more comfortable here. Than at home looking out um, and thinking of what's going on here. So it's 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 I love what I do, which is very 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 important, and I suppose that's why I want to be here more and more.
0: Yeah, I suppose you have just that kind of natural link with the place after all those years. And in normal circumstances, without COVID, would that place be somewhere that you'd get a lot of tourists? Would you get a lot of visitors uh, coming in on different day trips?
1: Yeah, it would have been extremely busy. We we get the guts of two hundred thousand visitors a year. If we just need a bad of mine were in the middle of nowhere. Um, obviously, all that has stopped. But ju- but during the summer when we reopened, even though there was no tourists around, people from you know, on staycation were brilliant. They came in, they visited, they spent money, they they spent money in the cafe, uh, and the, the the tourists, the Irish tourists, were very very uh, generous to us during, during when when we reopened. I'm forever grateful to to people for supporting uh, jobs locally.
0: Now you say you're in the middle of nowhere but you're actually in the ancestral home of the new uh, (laughs) President-elect of the United States of America Joe Biden as we had that good news uh, come through quite recently Uh, lots and lots of talk uh, Joe um, your namesake actually but lots and lots of talk about whether when you know Covid is gone, will he come to Ireland will he visit his ancestral home, we know he has links in Carlingford and County Louth as well. I'm sure uh, also systems would be going uh, on the go if if Joe was to pay a visit to Foxford.
1: yeah they say there's no show like a Joe show and, 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 and
0: <laughs> you know that
1: <laughs> and it's 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 really it has to be a, a bonus for, for, for Mayo and indeed loud that there's such a strong connection and he and he seems to seem to cultivate that connection as well. Uh, we're actually in the middle of we're not in the middle, but starting to design a throw that is a American flag and a Mayo flag. Combined, oh, so uh, it's it's great for the county. It's great for the west of Ireland. Uh, I saw a lovely head uh, headline in the paper on Sardo about uh, there's going to be a peaceful transition between Dunbeg and Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they'll,
0: they'll hand it over. And, they
1: uh, have to <laughs> hand it over. So no, it's it's great for the area. It's, it has to be, you know. And and he, as I said, he, he he enjoys and develops the association. He was here, I think six. Well, not here, but in Mayo six six years ago, seven years ago.
0: Yeah, I think he visited in 2016. So yeah, all eyes on when, uh, you know, as soon as he can come back, people uh, will be delighted to welcome him here, no doubt. Um, you have a great business story, Joe, and a great outlook. Is there anybody that you look up to in business or that you would take kind of guidance or or listen to their story and take it on board yourself over the years?
1: Um, a guy that people love to hate, Michael O'Leary, I think, is my, my hero. He took, he took a struggling airline and turned it into a global brand. And he brought, he put money in all our pockets because he brought so many tourists into the country. He's a guy that I really have great respect for, and and, uh, he's done, as how he said, some service to the country and continues to do so.
0: And I suppose then just for people listening Joe who may be struggling through 2020 and maybe you know didn't have the e-commerce business there to to fall back on or to kind of boot up and, and try and make dividends. Um what's you you're, you have a kind of very positive outlook on when things like this happen whether it be the recession in 2008 or whether it's covid in 2020 about sort of you know using it as an opportunity that you might not get when things are busy, to really do that deep dive into your business to see how things are going. Talk us through a little bit, because I think that can be really helpful for people.
1: Yeah, you never the, the old cliche that says never waste a good crisis. And in, 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 if you look at, at, at the mill's history since 1892, how many crises has gone through? And I, I think, you know, in, in the lockdown, in the silence of, of lockdown, and if, if you can just sit quietly and think and, and a, a, a clearer picture emerges during, during the f- phonetic operation of a day-to-day business when things are normal, you don't see a lot of these things and there's opportunities there. And um, we've, we've discovered that um, by, we're doing county colours now and the, the continuation of, of the Biden thing, we're going to do county colours. We started doing them, the Mayo colours, the Dublin colours. We've developed new accessories in, uh, for ladies' fashions. Um, lightweight, that we never would have even thought of doing before COVID. Digi- digital, again, back to digital, that that has just made a huge difference to us. So th- there's, there's plenty of opportunities out there for people. It's remain calm, I suppose, and, 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 and try and keep focused. But th- th- theres there'll be winners and losers, as, as in all cases but there'll be as many winners as and hopefully a lot more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, the advice to never waste a good crisis because, you know, life did slow down for everyone over the last eight months for many of us. And, you know, it can be that opportunity that you might have been waiting for all along to just sit still with something and, you know, really have a good analytical look. And you just never know what might come out of that. Um, that throw with the American flag and, and uh, the Mayo one, will, will, when will that be ready? We'll be really dying to have a look at that.
1: It'll be, I'd say, four to six months. It's 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 a fair run into to getting it developed, getting the colours right, and getting it set up on loom. But you, I'd say it's within six months, within mid, mid June, hopefully of next year. That is the that is the plan. Will you
0: send one to the White House?
1: Oh, <laughs> the four <first>, number one, <laughs> first one off <after> the loom.
0: <laughs> first one off the loom in the post over to the White House for Joe Biden well look Joe it was absolutely lovely to talk to you and you have a great outlook very positive and uh, such a success story I think people will take an awful lot from uh, what you've had to say today we hope November and December is busy busy for you uh, and that you get back open as well um, in December to have people in and out of the mills, so you're not there uh, on your own a little bit a few bodies around Uh, but thank you so much for talking to us on the podcast we appreciate it thank you Thank you, Susan. This has been Learn, Grow, Adapt, a six-part series of business podcasts brought to you by Ulster Bank. I'm your host, Susan Kyo, and I'm inviting you to join me again for the next episode when I'm going to be speaking to Robert Jones from Vision ID.